Welcome to the DILF Podcast, as in dad, I'd like to friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden, and if this is your first time joining us, don't forget to subscribe. And for more info on the podcast, check us out on Instagram, at DILF Podcast. As someone who has created a podcast to learn more about parenting from other dads, and who often asks others to delve deep into their relationships with their kids and their partners, I think it's only fair that I do the same from time to time. That is one of the motivations behind DILF's co-parenting series, where I invite on my beautiful co-parent, my wife Laura, to discuss any issues we might be dealing with in our co-parenting relationship whether that has to do with our child or our relationship with each other. And to be honest, it's also just an opportunity for me to get her to sit down and explore some things that she would otherwise refuse to do. Luckily, it's become a popular series amongst our listeners and has seemed to be a helpful tool for others in their own relationships. So if you are new to the podcast or this co-parenting series, which is basically our version of couples therapy, buckle in for our third installment, Boundaries. Today I welcome back my co-parent in adventure, the mother of my son, Laura Selden. The Wendy to your Peter. And there you have it. I was very excited to be angry in this episode. I was irritated with you this morning. I was ready to record. (laughs) And now you have buttered me up throughout the day. You have been adorable during dinner. And now all of it is dissipated. I'm very frustrated. Sorry, guys. I guess you won't get any uh, fireworks. I wanted to discuss the topic of boundaries today, and it was a big hot topic that came up for us earlier, and I was ready to pounce on it, and now all that energy has dissipated. I still do believe that it is an important topic. I think that we'll have plenty to argue about and talk through, and it will. there'll be lots of fiery energy anyway. Well, mostly because boundaries, you have none. Proudly. I don't Just know kidding. how to respond to that. <laughs> so, Laura, here's the thing. <sighs> My parents, don't get mad at me, Judy and Steve, were not the best at boundaries. I don't even think they understand what the word is. They don't have boundaries with each other, let alone very many with their children. And I feel their pain. And also, may I point out, you turned out great. I'll vouch for you. I appreciate that. I do not have the best boundaries, hence the reason I am needy and codependent. (laughs) Possibly this would have been helped by a little more boundaries. Yeah, you're messed up. Thank you. But the most important thing to discuss here is that in prep for having our son, we did discuss the fact that boundaries were important to me. Because I don't really have them, and I felt that it was an important thing for our son. And also, I think it's important with children to have some general boundaries, which we should just discuss what our definitions of boundaries are. Well, let me say first, 
I actually, even though I have no boundaries, I 100% agree with you. I think everyone needs boundaries, including myself. And I actually think that you have much better boundaries than you think. You have great boundaries. You are really firm with, you know, making sure we do naps on time, um, bath on time, food on time, like, you know, telling Wyatt no when he shouldn't be doing things. Whereas I get super lax and I'll be like, go ahead and eat your lunch at the table. And then instead of like in his high chair and then suddenly he's eating his lunch on the couch and, you know, pouch like goo is getting everywhere where like you have boundaries. Well, okay. So that was great examples of boundaries. To back up a little, I will say that uh, my parents barely ever said no, and they were very easy to uh, convince, uh, which gave me a lot of confidence in my charm abilities. But simultaneously, it was very confusing for me when I graduated from college and they decided, or even when I went to college and they decided uh, to start saying no to things. I was like, "What? what is going on? You know, a little late now. And then my 20s, you know, I just feel like they, um, I wasn't prepared for them to ever say no because they never really did. Which was probably a surprise to you, but also probably healthy for you. I mean, everyone should be told no a little bit. Absolutely. Builds resilience. It's true. Better late than never. I do think that I... I do take the time to say I need space or time for myself. I need to work out now. You know, yeah, that's a boundary. Yeah, absolutely. I do not believe you do that with your personal I life. I don't. I haven't showered in uh, three days. No lie. Sitting here. <laughs> I don't give myself me time. In fact, that is true. You, you do not take time for you, which is tough because eventually it always comes back to... It always comes back to bite me for sure. Bite me... And then I'm resentful or I'm tired and grouchy and not fun. And that is, that's an interesting topic as well that comes up from boundaries because it's not the best role model, but also people often think, well, if I'm not taking time for myself, so be it. But it always comes back to your partner. And especially in our relationship, I feel like if those boundaries aren't presented where we each take time for healing for ourselves and and time for relaxation or self-love, then we end up taking it out on our partner or frustrated at our kid. Right. Which is problematic. So, you know, that's, that's one thing with regards to parenting. More importantly, that's important for a marriage and for a relationship and for every human. Right. For your own self. So that, that's personal boundaries. But the boundaries I specifically wanted to talk about are with regards to our son, some sense of infrastructure that we can then have flexibility within, like what you mentioned earlier. It is very hard to get him into the chair um, for meals. And every morning when I come out, first of all, it is like a complete zoo. And he's like running and throwing things and like... okay. I think we can dial that down a little bit. It's not a zoo. He's not running and throwing things. But I am a lot more lax than you are. So it's definitely not like, you know, perfect scene out of a movie where he's, you know, the most perfect child doing everything he's told. I will say this. One thing that's beautiful about our relationship as co-parents is that 
I am a slight bit of a germaphobe, and I love that uh, I'm hesitant for him to jump in puddles, and Laura says, no, jump in the puddle. Like, you're a kid. You can get wet. And then that that encourages me, when I'm alone with our son, to say, okay, mom's right. Yes, jump in the puddle. We can dry the shoes, you know? And I don't love playing in the dirt, and and... Laura lets him play in the dirt and encourages it. And I think those are beautiful qualities. I think it's, it's wonderful that uh, you allow that kind of freedom. I also think that the freedom should be within certain parameters. So, for instance, if you're having fun at the park in the morning, Laura, by the way, does mornings and I do afternoons. That's kind of our quarantine schedule. And we work at opposite times, which allows us to have time with our son and have some regularity. And, and that's a great example of boundaries. That is our loose schedule. Your mornings, I'm afternoons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need an afternoon, Mm -hmm. but at least we have a schedule down and then we can fluctuate within that schedule. Right. You know, and putting them down for nap is traditionally you put them down for nap and then I wake them up from nap, but sometimes it fluctuates and I don't mind that. I actually really like the fluctuation. My issue is when nap time is supposed to be at noon and you arrive home at noon and you're like, oh, now we have to eat something, and then it's time for bed. And he has a lot of energy, and he has to come down. So I think that we've talked about getting him home by 11 so he can eat, and he doesn't have to go down at noon, but he has to have some veg time. Because when I put him down, he's asleep at noon, and he wakes up at 2. I know. When you, you put him a down... magical touch, and I definitely... Look. It, it when I try and do nap times, it is definitely takes a lot longer, and sometimes he won't nap for like a good hour plus. And and I do think that there are ebbs and flows, and I do think that your goods outweigh your bads with regards to parenting. I think you're a wonderful influence on him in how carefree you can often be, but I do think the loose structure of boundaries is crucial to a healthy parenting relationship to a healthy co-parenting relationship to a healthy marriage. I think it causes a lot of fights when you just kind of ignore these very simple things that we've set up. Like the other morning I came in, he was sitting, ladies and gentlemen, on the countertop. Now, most of you will probably listen and go, what's the big deal? But I feel he could easily fall off the countertop. He is not far from the sink where there are knives and things. He, most importantly... <laughs> I have to... I gotta slow you down on this one. You sound like a grandma. Okay. True that sometimes I can sound like a grandma, but simultaneously, he has a chair. I know, babe, but you're, ma- you're like making things up. You're like, there could be knives in the sink. Okay, okay. <laughs> there have been knives in the sink. Laura's, Laura has left very sharp knives in the sink, and he grabs things. So... That is a factual statement, but no, it is not the majority of the time. But the fact is, he's sitting there giggling. I walk in the room at like 7 in the morning, and he's just in his diaper, sitting on the countertop, and he looks at me with this like this giggle like, you'd never let me do this. I know, but I'm always nearby. I don't like leave. He's not okay, by Steve. himself. Um, that's something my dad would say. But the fact of the matter is... We have agreed that he has a chair, and every time you let him eat breakfast on your lap or on the couch, it's that much harder to get him into the chair. And and that's just a sanity thing. When I don't have you there, to get him into the chair, he's strapped in, and I actually have a moment to prepare lunch 
or to sit down and actually have lunch. But with the way you do it, it's such a free-for-all that he's like, no, hey, I may not be able to talk completely, but I would like you to know with my eyes that mommy (laughs) said that I can eat on the couch, which is like, I can't just bring you food on the couch. It's like a free-for-all. I need you strapped into that chair so I, I can breathe a little. Look, the way you do it, hands down, much better, makes more sense. I... I can't help it. It's like the nature nurture. This is my nature. I don't I I don't enjoy living by the structured we do this at this time, we do this at this time, and this is how we do it, and this is how we always do it, and you have to do it this way. Okay, so this brings up a very important point. First of all, I do not accept that. I do not think that's helpful to our listeners, and I do think that there must be a happy medium. But second of all, uh this brings up the most important piece of Uh, with regards to boundaries for me is that you consistently make me the bad guy because you consistently make me the person who says no instead of allowing me the opportunity to say yes or flipping the tables or being encouraging or being the one who sets down a boundary because there are times when you have to say no to our child but since you refuse to ever do that I am always the one that does it okay just for listeners' sake, I say no quite a bit. I just have much looser boundaries. I would like you to give an example to our listeners of when you have last time said no. Um, like at the park today, Wyatt wanted to climb up these like metal bleachers that were sitting next to a baseball field. So I let him climb on the first two, three, because I do have loose boundaries, but I didn't let him go past the third level. G- Brilliant. Okay. What was I saying? Thanks. Okay. Anything else you'd like to cite as an example of you saying no? That was the only time in my life I've ever said okay. no. Thank you. So my point is, is that, you know, today I came home from a run. He was up from his nap already. I asked you if I could go on the run. You said yes. I was going to get the sweat off and take a very quick shower. And I said, is that cool? And you could have easily said, wait, we're going to do a quick shower and then, and then you could take a shower. But instead you're like, you do it. Don't worry about it. We'll go in the guest bathroom. So I go in the shower and then you come in with him and you go, hey, do you mind if Wyatt comes in there with you? And first of all, this is like my last, I grant that Some listeners could think this is selfish, but this is my last moment of alone time before I'm with him the rest of the day. And more importantly, this is like why I work out so I can have that relaxing shower afterwards. And Laura knows this. And most importantly, I asked, I, I, she was the one who said, go take the shower first. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. So then she comes into the bathroom after that and is like, well, hey, he wants to shower And can he join you? Which A, is stressful, but B, makes me be the bad guy that has to say no or give in. And I'm working on my own boundaries of just trying to get a moment to myself so I'm in a good mood with him and I'm ready and available. And when there's no boundaries on the other end, I'm always the one saying no. I apologize for that. I think that is, I do understand that put you in a very uncomfortable situation to have to say no to him for something that's like, we should save our no's for those moments of danger or when he would make, you know, a huge mess with something like no's should be saved for specific times, right? You don't want to be saying them all the time. Especially when we already agreed to something. And we already agreed to it, and I apologize. Just for the listener's benefit, he was so cute. We walked away. Kevin got in the shower, and then I went to go change his diaper, and he says, 
I shower, and it was so cute. And I did walk back in there because I have loose boundaries. And just so listeners know, we have two showers in our house. So why she couldn't go to the other shower with him, I I do not understand. You wanted the big one with you. So therefore, making it so I have to be the bad guy. I am obsessed with our son, and I would I love spending time with him. But looking back, hindsight, I feel like oh, obviously that was very uncomfortable. I put you in a really tough position. Um, in the moment, I thought I was doing something fun and sweet. Now, the reason that this is an example I would give, because it doesn't seem like the biggest example to someone listening at home, and I understand that, but this is a common occurrence of Laura saying one thing and then a second later doing the exact opposite and making me be the bad guy who says, but I thought we already agreed to this one thing. You were the one who encouraged me to do this thing, and now you're saying the exact opposite in front of our son. Yeah, I do that. Definitely. And? (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. I just, I mean, honestly, I definitely am the kind of personality that I don't have huge, strong opinions on something. So you want to do something? Great, let's do it. And then maybe I'll think like, oh, but we could have done it this way. And then I offer the other way. And it feels very wishy-washy. But it's, I guess I'm talking through it as I'm making up my mind about something. And I hear that, but I don't think that's the best for our son always. But more importantly, can you meet me in the middle somewhere here? Because it sounds like your attitude on any of these concerns I have is, oh, well, that's who I am. Oh, that's not my attitude at all. I definitely want to have firmer boundaries, and that's why I agreed to have this conversation right now. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I absolutely want to have firmer boundaries with everybody, with him, with myself, like not just as a parent, but as a human being with self-care, I want to be able to carve out more time for myself. I want to enjoy my shower. I want to be able to tell you like, no, I'm going to shower right now. Which I, have I ever said no No, to anything you've uh, ever wanted? Not at all. Like, I think you'd be so happy if I said that. And we're not just talking about showering. We're talking about like anything self-care related, you know, like if Laura wants to do yoga, I make it happen. If Laura wants to get a massage, like whatever she wants, I am ecstatic to help and support her. That is where my codependence comes in. I like her happy. But the thing is, is that she rarely puts her happiness first, which creates a confusing dynamic. And I think that's where the boundary issue starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely naturally play a martyr and have long days where it's like childcare in the mornings, work from, you know, noon till whenever, and then make dinners. And then suddenly it's like 10 p.m. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. And maybe I have to go back to work, whatever it's going to be. I mean, I have no boundaries right now. And I understand for many of you listening, it seems like we're only talking about what well, our son is two. And so almost two. So it sounds like it only applies if you have a younger kid. But I do think that this is important for uh, parents with kids of all ages, because I do think boundaries are important to set up as early on as you can. And it's never too late to set them up, but it's important boundaries with your partner to take time for yourself and boundaries with your kids. So there's some, in my opinion, sense of infrastructure that then we can fluctuate. And more importantly, in our own marriage, all you have to do is say, hey, can you do this to help me? Hey, you know, I always want to be involved in things. You make it so I can't even be involved in the kitchen. I'm really stressed out by this conversation. 
talk to me. Like I'm actually, you do, I don't, I like clammed up. <laughs> I got, I feel really stressed out by this. I feel like I have absolutely no boundaries. I've never had them ever in my life. As a child, I even thought to myself, like a teenager, I never want to manage anyone. That sounds horrible. And I think part of it is that I don't have any boundaries. I have no like desire to set boundaries for anybody else. I just don't want to deal with other people's stuff. I don't want to deal with my own stuff. I respect your honesty, but I do think we have a kid now. Of course. And it's not like I'm saying like, done deal, that's who I am. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I'm saying that like trying to figure out the issue like here now, because we've, we've, we've had the base of the conversation, right? We've said, here's the problem. Here's an example. I've admitted, I've acknowledged it. And now it's time to say, great. What's the solution? I don't know. It's really stressful to figure out the actual solution and dig in. I feel like the answer would be, um, set up some baby steps and make me a promise on one or two things that you're going to do to try and set up some boundaries. But okay, that's, that's follow through. Well, that's that's great. So let's talk about some baby steps because I think I think this is doable, right? So baby steps are we've agreed on a schedule that we can both follow, and then now it's up to me to have the follow through to hit those you know milestones throughout the day. And they're very minor. They're, they're very loose. Yeah, no, it just means you know. We like to go to the park in the morning, so we have to get out of the house on time so that we can get back to the house on time so that we can have lunch on time. It's like, basically, if I start, if I hit the first one, the rest will come naturally. And and that makes sense, but that's, and I, I, I love that. But I actually think the bigger issue is the boundaries that come up with your own self-care. Yeah. The fact that I don't know how to ask for help is 100% related to boundaries because if I had boundaries, I would understand that I can't do everything and it's okay to say, hey, I can't do this right now. Can you help me? And it's funny because I feel like I do a lot around the house and I feel like yeah. especially during quarantine, right. you know, I'm no longer just the stay-at-home parent. Uh, we're both working now yeah. and we're both stay working as parents. stay-at-home parents as most people are right now. But I do think that I ask for help when I need it, and therefore it feels very balanced. But I feel like you'll have a deadline, Mm -hmm. and then you'll simultaneously try to watch him while you're on a deadline instead of saying, hey, and I'm not even aware that you're on a deadline. You didn't come and tell me. So no, he's going berserk, and you're on a deadline, and you're stressed, and all you had to do was say, hey, are you doing anything important? Will you take him? You know, right. and I feel like that's a version of a boundary, is it not? No, it's totally. It's a version of boundary that says I have work to do. Let me, you know, check around and see what else is going on so that we can actually get some work done. Plus be good parents. And I try to do everything all at once. So that's an interesting version of boundaries with yourself, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It starts probably even you know, we have, I'd love to master the boundaries as a parent, but probably I do need to master boundaries for myself before I even attempt to have, I mean, I have to have boundaries with our son though. It's like a safety thing, right? So it's going to have to be a simultaneous learning lesson. I think that's true. I think that definitely 
Um, it might need to happen simultaneously, which is, which is hard. I know. And it can be in baby steps. I think it's not that hard. I mean, I think I'm just, I'm making it a bigger deal than it is. Like, it's just something probably some people learn as young adults, and I'm learning it in my 30s. I just love that we have a space that we could talk about it, because we've talked about this till we're blue in the face, right. but nothing has ever changed. So right. I guess I'm curious to know, it sounds like from this podcast episode that you're up for changing, but why now? Well, I've always been up for changing. I think that there hasn't been the pressure. I need pressure to make change. I absolutely do. I I started out my career in journalism. I learned to get work done on deadlines. And without a pressing deadline, I'm not always great. I think that there's a pressing deadline right now. And it is the growth of my child who's actually like here and real. And I see him learning and responding based on my boundaries. And I don't want to be a parent with poor boundaries who then raises an asshole or a bratty child or someone who doesn't have boundaries for themselves, right? I do want to set a good example. I want him to see me as someone who was able to have boundaries for herself and said, I do matter, right? I'm a human being. I'm not here to be your slave. I'm not here to be your maid. I'm a human being. I matter. And I think that showing that you have boundaries shows that you matter, I, I think that's brilliant. But my biggest issue, to be very honest, I I do think for safety, I do think for ease of life, it's important to have boundaries with him. Uh, life is easier when he goes down on a regular nap. I think it's good for him health-wise. I think it's good for our sanity. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, the biggest piece of why boundaries are important to me is it causes so much tension between us. And it's a huge issue in our in our co-parenting relationship that causes a huge issue in our romantic relationship. Right. Because it's hard enough to not just be business partners, you know, in the chaos of the world right now. But when you don't take time for yourself, you have no time when he goes to bed to actually be available for us. Right. And that makes the weekdays like to ghost passing in the night and weekends are nice, but it takes a while for us to come down mm-hmm. and they're, they're far too short, mm-hmm. but more importantly, it's not uh, when it, when he comes around, I don't like being the asshole and I'm often made to be the asshole. Cause I'm the one that's saying, why hasn't he gone down for his nap? Why is he sitting on the countertop? You know, and I'm the one saying, no, 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 I'm the dick. And I don't want that part of this relationship. It makes it hard for me to be able to be the fun one. Sure. And I don't think that's fair, which then creates a resentment, which eventually not only has a ripple effect with the way our son views me, Mm -hmm. but also in our romantic relationship. Have you noticed lately, I feel like I keep trying to be like, when he's around and when you say no, I try to back you. But I'm always the first one to say it. I know, I know. And there are often things that we've already agreed to or you know are wrong, but you're just not saying no. And I I don't want to be that person to him. And I think that most people can relate to this in that I've heard this so many times over the years, whether from the man or the woman in the relationship, I've heard so many times that they, my partner makes me be the bad guy so that they're always the fun one. And I, I, I would like to just say, just so people who feel that they are the bad guy know 
that it's never intentional. I don't need to be the good guy. I don't need for you to be the bad guy. It's sort of just a, we have a different style of parenting. I think you take too many things too seriously. I think that I take way too many things too seriously. I think I'm like genetically tightly wound. And I do think that aside from marijuana mints, I think there's a <laughs> lot of things that I can do that that help. And I do think as my partner, it's great when you help me to remember that. Mm-hmm. But having no boundaries certainly doesn't help me to remember that. Absolutely. And I think it's a great thing for you to bring up that the partner who is is not necessarily saying no or disciplining at all, um, often... It's not intentional. Right. I think it's good for the person who feels like the asshole and the bad guy to hear that. Yeah. So all of you parents at home hear that it's it's often not anything. The motivation, there's no motivation that comes from a bad place, which is like, I really need to be the good guy. It's like, I, it's, it's my own flaw within myself. But it doesn't. And granted, I I appreciate you saying that, and I think it is nice to hear for myself and for listeners who feel similarly, but it doesn't change anything. Right. It doesn't change the fact that it's still a very difficult dynamic that creates resentment in our personal relationship and creates a messed up dynamic with the kids or our kid in, in our relationship that makes me feel like I'm the the bummer. Yeah. Which I understand completely, and which is also partly why I am totally, absolutely all about trying to make a change so that you don't feel like you're the only one with boundaries. So what can you do and commit to right now, and what do you need from me to help? Um, I mean, I think for me, the best way to actually figure out a good boundary is to figure out pinpoint the problem first. So the problem for us is I don't take enough time for me. So maybe I need to just schedule it in every day. Like 1230 is when I do this. Right. And then another problem for us is just me staying on schedule. So maybe I need to like set an alarm on my phone that says it's 830, go outside. It's 1030, come back inside so that I just stay on schedule. I love those things. I think that you've already stated that you have a strong dislike of structure. Mm -hmm. And I think that subconsciously comes in often. Mm -hmm. And I think that some slight structure is a really crucial thing with a kid. And then, you know, we can fluctuate in it. But I think that that is a big thing. But you're ignoring the most important piece of this conversation, which is that none of that will help with me always feeling like the bummer bad guy. Oh, because you're the one who was always saying, like, don't do that. Oh, I don't know how to fix that. Um, I don't know. Like, what's your solution? I have terrible solutions. What do you got? You are awesome at solutions if you want to actually solve the problem. I want to solve the problem, but the problem is like, you're asking me to think a little more like you and I don't, here's the real problem. I don't want to give up me. I like me. This is something that comes up a lot for us. And I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Laura feels that I, I want her to act more like me and I, I don't know if I subconsciously do, but I like Laura and who she is. That's why I married her. I don't want to be married to myself. So I just think there's got to be some happy medium here that keeps you as you. Yeah. And I don't understand why never saying no is inherent to who you are as a human. Maybe it's just if we agree to something, not try not to go back on your word. 
when we agree to one thing and then you come back with the exact opposite and, and make me be the one that says no. Maybe that's a time when you can just keep to your word because that's not changing who you are as a human, just keeping to your word. Oh, absolutely. I think that's such a vague thing, though. It's like how that's not necessarily the concrete answer you're looking for, right? Well, I think that oftentimes if we agree that he should be eating lunch in his chair and strapped in. Then that should be the answer and there's no budging from it. You're right. And therefore, I'm not the bad guy. Because if he's not in the chair, then you're the one trying to get him in the chair. Okay, well, let's let's start there for sure. If we make an agreement on certain ways he should be doing things, then we need I need to hold to it. You know, and if you say you're going to do a workout... I shouldn't then go, hey, uh, can you watch him now? Because yeah, you, we've already made an agreement that you were going to do something. And I don't do that to you, but I do feel it happens in the opposite. Yeah. That's so I true. think it's respecting our time and our choices. Maybe one of the biggest things with boundaries that we've come to in this conversation is the importance of holding to our word. Kevin says that I'm a douchey partner. So if you agree... Go ahead and send him a DM on Instagram and tell him that it's going to be okay. Douches can have hearts too. I think that you are a lovely partner and a wonderful mother and a, and you're capable of being an absolutely splendid and joy as a wife. I simply feel that... There's a lot of tension that comes up for us, especially during quarantine, during these very chaotic times, where it could easily be avoided by simply keeping to our word and being the one to enforce what we've agreed to. That, I mean, there's no arguing with that. That makes total sense. I just can be bad at it, but I'm determined to get better at it. And practice does make perfect. And absolutely. I just probably need to flex this muscle more and more and more until it just becomes a habit I don't even notice. And you don't feel like that's going to change who you are fundamentally as a I person? I do not feel like that changes like who I... The only part that I feel like changes who I am is the... I don't mind jumping on the couch. Like, the couch is old. I'm fine with him jumping on it. It's not like it's this, like, pristine couch. And he doesn't jump, like, off of it like crazy. So I just feel like sometimes you are overcautious, and I'm not that paranoid. In response to that, I say um, we never agreed that he shouldn't be jumping on the couch. So it's like one of those examples where I don't necessarily like it. Yeah. But it's not like we came to an agreement that that's not something that he should do. So you have every right to have him jumping from couch to couch. It's when we come to an agreement okay. as parents okay. on, you know, we both feel yeah. that it would be better if he eats in the chair. Right. We both feel that it's important that we each have some scheduled in yes. self-care time yes. and that we respect that for each other. Yeah. You know? So we have to hold to it because we made the agreement and we both definitely agree. So absolutely should stick to it. I get it. And I love the fact that there are times when I'm being uber anal and you don't agree and therefore we didn't come to an agreement. So... You are totally justified. Okay, I actually feel really good. I feel like we 
We really just need for me to hold true to the things that we've already agreed upon, which I haven't done, you know, especially this week. But I think that doesn't sound that hard. And I think that I can be anal and set in my opinions sometimes. And I just need to realize if you don't agree with me on something, then I need to let it go and not push the things that don't matter as much. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that the things that do matter to me, hopefully we can come to terms on. And then by chilling out, we can really put a focus on the things that do matter. Okay. I feel very healthy and grounded. Well, we <laughs> shall see where that takes us. And thank you all for listening, and we'll keep you updated. You love me? I do. Anything to say? Thanks for listening to our therapy session. Goodbye. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it. And please also consider taking a moment to write a review. Until next time.